Hi, and welcome to the Project Management Debate Podcast. This is Philip Diab. And this is Mary Elizabeth Diab. Each week, we explore a question related to project management, organizational strategy, or leadership. Let's start by reminding you to visit our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash PM debate. Also, be sure to go and subscribe to our podcast either on SoundCloud or via iTunes. Also, drop us a message if you have some comments about our debates or suggestions for an upcoming one. Okay, enough about marketing and let's talk about this episode. Today, we're going to explore how being an introvert or an extrovert can contribute to your success or challenges as a project manager. Since the late 1930s, Dale Carnegie's ever-popular tome has been winning friends and influencing people the extrovert's way. Cultural and societal bias has been towards extroversion, being the preferred personality type, leaving introversion to be a problem that should be fixed. But everyone knows that a project needs someone to get the job done, a strong, take-charge type of person to move the endeavor forward. However, making decisions before listening to all viewpoints and fully appreciating the likely outcomes can spell disaster for the project and the business. Being able to quickly and easily connect with new team members, stakeholders, and executives is a required skill that highlights the introvert's unsuitability. But there's a difference between being socially gregarious and being socially aware and adept. Sometimes the extrovert steps uh, comes across as a bull in a china cabinet. In the end, you have to stop talking, stop thinking, and just make a decision already, right? You decide as we debate, there's no room for introverts in project management. We'll start with Philip arguing for the motion, followed by me arguing against it. Okay, so let's jump right into the open discussion part of the debate with some questions and some discussion. I thought it might be good to start with some definitions around what we mean by introvert and extrovert. Uh, Mary Elizabeth, can you provide us some basic definitions? The idea of there being basic definitions to describe someone's entire personality is a little bit complicated, but having said that, um, a lot of this is about where do you draw your energy? So introverts tend to draw energy with alone time. They get jazzed by being alone. Extroverts often draw their energy um, by being social. So when they're out in a social situation, they're, they've got lots of people around them, there's a lot going on, it's very vibrant, they're drawing more energy and feeding on that. Um, in addition, you see that with introverts, they tend to have more one-on-one conversations. They, they excel at those, whereas extroverts like group conversations, a lot of group dynamic. Introverts tend to be um, to have fewer strong friendships. Extroverts have a lot of different friendships. Their bonds may be a little bit weaker. Um, and extroverts tend to speak a lot. Introverts tend to listen a lot more. Yeah, I would add and say that you know my my experience with this comes from my exposure to the Myers Briggs uh, uh, you know personality type indicators and the literature that uh, you know that that's encompassed within that that covers the, the broad range, not just the introvert, extrovert, like you've described, that also talks about how we make decisions, how we manage work. And, and so I think that this is one component out, out of many. And I think that given the fact that there are four components to the personality type indicator, they kind of also, in my view, interact with each other. So if you're sensing versus intuitive, for example, I suspect that that also has kind of a um, an impact in terms of how you um, perform in the workplace, how you interact with others, and, and so forth. Oh, I definitely think that that's true. Well, what do you think are some common misconceptions about introverts? Well, I think that, you know, the, the ones that come to mind almost immediately is the confusion about 
um, b- between someone being introverted and someone being shy. I think that that's the most common um, misconception. In fact, you know, the joke in our household was when I discovered that I was an introvert, my mom said, God forbid. <laughs> and so <laughs> there was kind of a m- misunderstanding around, you know, what an introvert is that, that, you know, that it might be someone who's aloof. They don't get along well with others. And that's not necessarily the case. But um, you might say that individuals who you know, who are shy are probably on the introverted side anyway. And maybe that's where some of the confusion comes in. However, you know, I can tell you in, in my own experience as an introvert, I'm comfortable speaking in front of extremely large crowds. And yet when I go to a party, I don't want to be part of, you know, uh, the, the main attraction as it were. I just prefer to kind of interact with, you know, one-on-one with people. I definitely agree. I think that a lot of people associate introversion with shyness. And you can be a shy extrovert or a shy introvert because shyness is about that fear of being judged in a social situation. So it's not really about how you approach people as much as you are concerned. An extrovert might go to a party where they really want to make a good impression and may find themselves as a result feeling shy. Those are very different dynamics. And so understanding that shy and introvert aren't the same and that one is not by definition better than the other introvert versus extrovert, I think you can overcome some of those misconceptions. Yeah, and to me, it's all about asking yourself, how do you recharge your batteries? I mean, that's fundamentally what it is. At the end of a hard, long day of um, you know, meetings or exercise or whatever it is that, that, that you're doing on that given day, how do you like to recharge your batteries? If you are the type of person who would like to go home, sit and relax, watch TV or read a book uh, versus you're the type of person who likes to get together with friends and uh, go to a restaurant or something. That kind of gives you a sense for the, the, the different dynamics you're dealing with. But in, in my experience, all of the kind of misinterpretations and the myths around introversion kind of leads to an assumption that by those who make this you know, misinterpretation that the introvert is a bad leader. And that's certainly not, not, in the case, you know, not, not the case in my experience. Definitely not the case. No, I'd agree with that. Well, let me ask. Project managers require several interpersonal skills, such as communication, team management, negotiation, and so on. How can a person who is potentially seen as aloof or maybe even arrogant be successful in mastering these skills? Well, I think that if you are an introvert and you tend to relate better one-on-one and in a group you know that you tend to, to stay aloof, then there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of it is about demonstrating that you are open. So the fight against being considered to either be aloof or arrogant is often about making sure that you are approachable even if you're very quiet. Those are very different things. Um, and you know, to be fair, that's not to say that you can't both be introverted and arrogant. It's absolutely, just, you know, absolutely. But I also think that it's interesting you bring up interpersonal skills like communication, team management, negotiation. In some ways, introverts are actually better suited to each of these areas. When you look at um, communication. Introverts like to have one-on-one conversations. They tend to focus very diligently. They tend to ask a lot of questions to ensure that they've gotten the right understanding of what's going on. All of those are exceptionally valuable in a project manager, being able to not just ask a quick question, get a superficial answer and move on, but to know when you ask the software developer, are you done with coding? And he says, yes, 
to say, oh, so the testing is also done and the whole thing is ready to go. Oh, well, no, I meant I'm done writing the code. So understanding that an introvert's ability and interest in asking the further question and developing a deeper understanding through a one-on-one -on -one conversation instead of a maybe more superficial understanding based on a group conversation is actually a skill that is necessary. And I think you could say the same about, um, about team management negotiation. Each of those things can be equally, if not more effectively performed in a one-on-one -on -one or more introverted type situation. Well, I would add and say that um, in my humble experience and, and opinion, um, leadership is, as a discipline, something that is learned, not necessarily something that you know, you're born with. And I realize that there are many who, who kind of disagree with that viewpoint. But, but the reason I, I would just kind of bring it up is because I think that being an effective communicator and being successful in team management is different from whether you're introverted or, or extroverted. Absolutely. And I think that all of us have strengths and weaknesses that can play on both sides. In other words, if, uh, if you are an introvert and you are, you know, deeply analytical, and you need to be quick on your feet to deal with a, you know, a, a certain situation, then that's gonna kind of work to your to disadvantage uh, in that particular instance. However, if you are extroverted and you like to kind of think while you talk, and what's needed is just some deep analysis of a topic, not necessarily a decision immediately on the spot, then that will work for your disadvantage as well. So it just kind of depends on on the circumstances, and I think that what's important is that the individual is aware to be able to kind of handle which scenarios you're dealing with. Now, having said that, to kind of try and kind of bring it to my viewpoint, what, what I would say is that the, the misconceptions are so massive when it comes to introverts, it's almost like, you know, kind of being left-handed. There are so few of us that it's kind of hard to understand how to deal with them. And that's the fundamental challenge that, that you have, that the introvert, if they are not comfortable jumping into the extrovert workspace, as it were, then the rest of the world doesn't see them as an effective leader. And that's really why I'm kind of arguing on the, on the other side, on the fourth side of the argument. It's interesting that you say that. And it's interesting that your perception is there are very few of, as you say, you, the introverts. Um, actually, when you look at these studies that have been done um, out of the general population, somewhere between 40 and 50% are introverts. That does not mean 40 and 50% behave as introverts, again, because societally we have such a bias towards extroversion. So I think it's very interesting you consider yourself part of a few, and actually you're part of a many. Well, and again, I, I don't know what these statistics are when it comes to kind of leadership and whether... Uh, it's 40 to 50 percent of the entire general public or the leadership kind of sphere and so indeed yeah you know, that may be a different story so do you think that being an introvert is a disadvantage in project management leadership do extroverts have a natural leg up as i was kind of saying i think that in in general the answer is is yes in my opinion i think that they do have a leg up because they are more likely to kind of raise their hand when 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 they're asked they, they tend to be quicker on their feet and, and that kind of plays, plays well, frankly, starting with, with elementary school. I mean, like, um, you know, when you think about kind of 
the whole notion of getting credit for participation and how that's such an important part of, of learning. And then it just kind of carries forward with you. I think that there are certain dynamics within the project and leadership space that um, allow the, the extrovert to just navigate through that process a little bit more easily than, than the introvert. I think that there is a perception of a leg up, not an actual leg up. And I do think that there is a leg up when it comes to getting promotions, getting the job. I think that extroverts tend to, as you said, think more quickly on their feet. They be, they're the ones raising their hand. Um, sometimes, though, you find that they're the ones raising their hand, but they don't have anything valuable to say. And so some of that is, can the manager who is hiring or, um, you know, or whatever the situation is, can they see past that to see actually what skills are required for the job? Yeah, and I think that I would agree with that point is that it really is up to the manager to kind of make sure that they are effective in that process because it's so easy to overlook the, the introverts and discount them if you are not kind of paying attention. Okay, so let me kind of flip it around a little bit. Are there areas where an introvert has a leg up on the extrovert when it comes to leadership and project management? Are these areas visible to others, if you think that there are any? I actually think that there are quite a few areas where introverts have a strong, strong leg up. One of those is, as we kind of talked a little bit about, the ability to listen and the tendency to listen. And I don't mean just generally, oh, I listen, you know, just so I can hear what they're saying so I can respond to it. Introverts tend to listen deeply and to practice active listening, where they ask questions for clarification to make sure that they've understood the point. They also will, um, will engage the other person. And so it creates a safe space for the other introverts, who again are 40 to 50% of the population on your team, um, to be able to open up. Where if it's an extrovert who's always talking, introverts on the team may not raise their hands. So I think that that ability to listen deeply is a very strong leg up in leadership. Um, I also think that introverts tend to be better at considering multiple different viewpoints, in part because while they're listening, they're hearing multiple different viewpoints. An extrovert may have a tendency to go, oh yeah, that's a great idea with the first guy that speaks, and miss out on all of the varied opinions. We see some historical um, historical negative consequences of, of taking that approach, of not hearing all the viewpoints in the room. I read an interesting article in preparing for this um, that talked about uh, the Bay of Pigs and the fact that um, one of the guys sitting in the room from the very beginning thought this is going to be a disaster and here are the reasons why. And then when uh, John F. Kennedy asked, he said nothing because it was very clear that he wanted to go ahead. And so the extroverts were all jumping in saying, oh, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. And in the end, obviously, it was a terrible, terrible idea. And I, I think that you've just kind of made a very important point that is, you know, fundamentally where the leg up for the extrovert is that the extrovert will actually kind of capitalize on the moment and, and address it. Um, and having said that, I think you brought some, some good points out in terms of the, the introverts and their capabilities as well. Well, do you think that introverts in the professional project management have to adapt their behavior? Honestly, I think everybody has to adapt their behavior <laughs> to fit in the kind of function or role of, of project manager. But I, I do think that um, there are some things that you have to kind of watch out for. Um, in, in a certain way, I think that 
being an introvert in the role of a leader is kind of like being someone from a foreign country. It's, in other words, people are not necessarily kind of used to you, so you have to um, work at ensuring that you're effectively communicating and, and interacting with others in a, in a positive manner. You know, when you think about the, the issue of individuals thinking that an introvert is potentially arrogant, that's actually a very dangerous characterization for a project manager or a leader to have. It's, it can actually have negative consequences, not only for the individual, but also for, for the project. You wanna feel like you're approachable. So there are some skills that need to be learned if, you, if they don't come naturally to ensure that you are actively engaged. One, one of these things is to actually partner with someone who is extro extroverted, who will effectively kind of balance things out and and uh, that could be someone who is a you know a technical specialist or a, or the technical lead on your project who can kind of m make up for uh, some of the introverted aspects this is again uh, you know project management is a team sport and you want to kind of have a holistic team um, to ensure that you know you're effectively engaging the stakeholders. Yeah, I, I would agree that there is some adaptation that needs to occur. And as you said, on all sides, everyone has to adapt when taking on a new role. And I do think that introverts need to be able to, I would almost say, act like an extrovert for short periods of time in specific meetings, in particular situations that require that skill set. Well, that, actually, that's kind of a, a great point. It jumps us immediately into the next question, which is, do you think that one can be an introvert at home and an extrovert at the office? Uh, are you always an introvert if you're an introvert? How, how would you kind of... You are always that? an introvert. However, you can certainly do different things um, that may look to others from the outside like extroversion. Um, there's an actually an extremely powerful book called Quiet that is actually all about the power, the superpower, if you will, of being an introvert in an extroverted world, or as it says, a world that can't stop talking. And in this book, there's a guy who was a very popular professor at Harvard who talks about the fact that he would go and he would give these lectures in front of large classes of students. And he was extremely vibrant and he was extremely well received and he was one of the most popular professors teaching one of the most popular classes at Harvard and he was an introvert. And so when he would, he would be asked to go and speak places, he would go and speak there. But then in between his speeches, when they wanted him to come and have lunch with them and interact with them, he needed some downtime, some alone time. And so I think that's a great example of someone who is an introvert. He's always an introvert. But when he's on the stage and when he's talking, he looks like an extrovert from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a good point. But I do think that there are times when, again, we're kind of talking about dominant traits which by definition means that you also have a recessive trait as well. So just because you're, you're an extrovert does not mean that you don't have introverted behaviors. And, and the same is true of the opposite. So I think that while I, you know, I agree with you that it's not like you can be an introvert at home and an extrovert, extrovert at work, but what you find is an individual is typically whatever they are in their kind of comfortable dominant trait and sometimes they just kind of need to revert to a, to a different path so if you are for example leading a meeting at work and you're an introvert uh, chances are you are expending a lot more energy and a lot more mental power and capacity to kind of push through the day having to deal with people 
you know, in a way that's very natural for an extrovert, whereas the extrovert just, you know, that kind of comes naturally. And as a result, you know, the level of energy that you're expending um, is different, which means that you have to have kind of downtime that recharges your battery in a very different way than, than the extrovert uh, would. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say that sometimes you have to be able to channel your inner introvert if you're an extrovert or extrovert if you're an introvert. Um, but I would also say if you think, if you take this other side of that argument that you just made, if you are an extrovert and you have to do a lot of heavy, deep thinking in the project, maybe data crunching, understanding depths of, of situations, understanding what the status of something is, and really diving deep into that, that's going to take a lot more of your mental energy than it would an introvert who is naturally more disposed towards doing that. Mm-hmm. So for someone who is shy and introverted, shouldn't they learn how to overcome those traits to be effective as a leader? You know, that's, that's a tough one. I think that if you're particularly shy, it's very difficult to be able to raise your hand, as it were, which is really the first step in leadership. Just, you know, basically developing your voice, whether that is to, to lead others or it starts actually with serving others, in my opinion. And, and that's, you know, that, that got me thinking about the statistic. And I, I don't remember the exact numbers here, but uh, it may be as high as like nine out of 10 Americans is extremely frightened of speaking in public or you know mm-hmm. something along those yeah. lines and and that's really what what shyness is all about uh, you know not necessarily but um that that kind of plays a a factor in that uh and you know people probably are more comfortable going to war than they are when it comes to you know speaking <laughs> in public uh, unfortunately um when it comes to overcoming i think being shy is something that need that you should want to overcome as opposed to being introverted it's just who you are um, and especially if you want to be a leader i think that you have to kind of deal with um, that shyness and figure out a way to 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 overcome it in order to to be effective otherwise uh, you know you're just going to sit in the corner and, and not say anything when you know something important needs to be said about a topic. I would totally agree with you. And another little piece, a little nugget, if you will, of information that I learned while preparing for this, I read an article about the fact that they've done a study that determines that people become less shy as they age, because that fear of people judging you becomes less and less the older you get. And it doesn't mean that it actually said, and I found this very fascinating, that um, where you were on the shyness scale didn't necessarily change relative to your peers. So if you went and saw your peers in high school and there were some that were not the least bit shy and some who were very shy, you simply all would have moved up the scale to being less shy, but in the same proportions that you were before. I found that really fascinating, that idea that as you age, you become less shy, but you kind of stay in the same range with your peers. <laughs> Maybe, I think you just stop caring at some point. Exactly. Um, do you think that, um, being extroverted or introverted, is that something that's received differently based on either organizational norms or, or culture practices, uh, or heck, maybe even industries, as it were? Absolutely. It's actually very interesting that you asked that. I went ahead and kind of searched up because I thought, hmm, that's, a, that's a, actually a really interesting and powerful question. And there is an article that you can go to that will tell you the 11 best countries to live in if you're an introvert. And I thought that was very funny because I think if you look at it, it actually makes perfect sense. Um, there are countries who value much more greatly 
introspection, deep thinking, a lot less talking, a lot more thinking and being. And I think that those countries then are going to have a bias towards introversion rather than extroversion. Whereas America really is a nation that has valued extroversion since the 1930s with Dale Carnegie, where it's an all go all the time, very loud and in your face culture. And so I think just national culture, you can see that. In organizations, you'll also see that, where there's certain organizations that their business is based on a deep thinking about data, for instance, or a deep thinking about the ramifications of a, a solution or a decision. And in those organizations, you're going to see that introversion is definitely a pre preference. Yeah, you know, I, that, that got me thinking about the fact that, you know, if uh, for those of you who've studied in the U.S., and in particular, have done MBAs in the U.S. I think that many MBA programs have probably modeled their program after the kind of the case-based studies that, that Harvard has, which I think has a natural tendency to draw people towards that extroverted version of kind of traits that are needed in, in the business world. And so as a result, people come out of these MBA programs with the assumption that you've got to be kind of extroverted in order to be able to, to communicate and, and lead and, and, and so forth. Um, having said that, I think that national, when it comes to national culture, I like the idea of kind of the, <laughs> the top 10 list as it were for, for introverts. We're not moving there. No. But, but I think that the, um, the, the, the interesting aspect is that the, the whole dynamic of interaction, you know, in, in certain cultures, for example, where you know, the older, you know, team members are afforded greater respect than the younger team members. Or, you know, if the boss is there, you're not supposed to say anything. And they, all of these kind of interact. It's not just kind of one dynamic, but yeah. um, they do play a role because at, at the end of the day, we're just kind of governed by the environment that we live in when it comes to these, uh, you know, these traits. Sure. Well, do you think that leaders and managers have a role to play in supporting introverts in the workplace and especially on projects? Are there project types that are better led by introverts? Well, I think in terms of the first, you're kind of asking two questions here. On, on the first one, um, I think that the manager needs to be aware of the capabilities and the strengths and the traits of their, their teams. And especially if you are a manager of project managers, it's important that you engage them in a way that that is positive. I think so many of us have a tendency to just kind of rank people and say, oh, this is the top performer, this is the second top performer. And honestly, I've seen this bias before where you have individuals get ranked higher or praised more because of their extroverted nature. And you know, tend to hear, oh, but this person is just too quiet, doesn't say much. Uh, you know, is not as quote unquote smart as the, the other in individual. So I think that by being aware of what are the positive traits that an introvert can bring to the table, I think that it's, it's really starting there with, uh, with, with the manager. As far as the project types, that's probably a bit kind of too, um, too broad. I, I thought about this long and hard when we were kind of preparing for this. Um, part of this is just kind of depends on the interaction that you have with the teams. I remember when I was with, with IBM, they apparently did a study across the entire organization. They found that the vast majority of the uh, Myers-Briggs personality type indicator for the entire company was, I think, ISTJ, which um, for those of you who are kind of familiar with this, 
it's it's not atypical for engineers to have that uh, personality trait. So I can see that uh, you know someone who is introverted probably is in a better position to kind of interact with these you know engineers and uh, you know IT PhD type people than someone who's extroverted who's leading like an entertainment type of. Uh, uh, project with a lot of extroverts. I can see that. I do think if you are a leader or manager, a project manager in an organization and you not, are not actively engaging the introverts on your team, you are missing out in huge ways. You are, um, you are hampering your ability to have a successful project by not using their superpowers, the, the areas that they excel. And when you're sitting in a meeting, if you allow the extroverts in the meeting to take over, and to speak um, and to be the only ones who are heard, then I think that you have lost an opportunity and you've proven yourself to be a fairly poor leader. So I think from my perspective, yes, you have a role to play, not just in supporting introverts, but in ensuring that you hear their voice because what they have to offer is often as valuable or more valuable than the ones who are speaking very loudly. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I would <laughs> add another point that, it's kind of a little bit funny because I, I remember many years ago we had a kind of an acquaintance who walked around town and she she would meet people and she would go I think you're an ENTP or you know something like that and and it it's very easy to to get kind of drawn into these personality type indicators and it, eventually it kind of gets offensive and gets on people's nerves so overall it's good to kind of have a general understanding of this but uh, at the end of the day you're just gonna have to accept that there are people who are not going to fit the mold 100% and not everybody has to kind of fit into that Myers-Briggs profile uh, for the world to kind of continue to spin as it were. I think you're talking about a type watcher and I'm pretty sure there's a club for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well now we're going to transition to the closing statements. We'll start with Mayor Elizabeth speaking against the motion followed by me speaking for it. In recent history being introverted has been seen as a disease to be overcome or a problem to be fixed. Bias toward extroversion has been apparent in hiring decisions, promotions, and all other work situations. However, lost in the shuffle are the traits that make introverts ideal as project managers. Introverts think deeply and prepare fully in work situations. This means that they are prepared for a variety of possible outcomes. They are also more creative than their extroverted counterparts, which means that when trying to find the solution to a particularly stubborn problem, they are more likely to think outside of standard options and find new and innovative solutions. Finally, their ability to listen fully and ask penetrating questions places them in an ideal position to curb over-enthusiasm and make the best possible decisions based on the input of all team members, not only the loudest or the ones who spoke first. For all of these reasons, introverts deserve not just a seat at the table, but often the head seat. Anyone who will do research on project management and the role of project manager, whether a detailed analysis or a simple internet research, will see that one of the most important skills for a project manager is communication. Our ability to articulate a vision and champion on behalf of the project mission are critical elements to deliver successfully. Furthermore, our ability to motivate and lead others in part depends on our ability to engage them, even when we are leading them by example. The primary challenge that most introverts have is that they often are seen as shy, aloof, and even arrogant. Misconceptions such as these stand as huge barriers to success for project managers, who as it stands already have to deal with significant resistance to their projects, 
By definition, stakeholders are already fighting against changes to the status quo that the project is likely going to bring about. Having the project manager who is seen in a negative light, frankly, complicates things even further. Project managers who are naturally introverts have to figure out ways to develop extroverted skills to allow them to engage stakeholders proactively rather than hope and assume that people will learn about Myers-Briggs personality types. Expanding our comfort zone as practitioners allows us to develop capabilities that deal with uncertainty and ambiguity, two hallmarks of all projects. And that's why I am for the motion. Thanks again for listening, and we encourage you to take part in the debate online by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash pmdebate. Send us a message if you have an idea for something we can talk about.